0: What is the best part and what's the toughest part of going around to churches like this and preaching and speaking? I know I'm bouncing I'm on you. What do you think is the best, what's the easiest, and what's the toughest? Look, the best part is, is meeting new people, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Oh, and seeing people from every every country, every tribe, every nation worshipping yeah. God. And that God's no respecter of persons. So that, that's, that's the really best part of it. Yeah, fantastic.
1: And I think the worst part is we don't get to be here next Sunday. Amen. Oh yes, I love it. I love it.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. That's can we pray for you? Is that okay? Yes. Sir. We pray for you. Would you extend a hand towards Paul and Priscilla? Can we pray for them. We're to pray for you for today, but we also want to pray for you for the future. Father in heaven, we thank you for Paul and Priscilla Reed and all that you've done in them and through them, especially here at Grace. Would anyone say amen? Amen. amen? Lord, we ask you that you'd continue to enthuse them and fire them up and energize them to continue serving you and following you and building up churches like this all over the world. Lord, we ask you that your word would be spoken clearly through them this morning. We ask you, Lord, that it would... It would break, Lord, hard hearts this morning, Lord. We pray minds would be opened, souls and trajectories of lives would be changed as we listen to your word today, in Jesus' mighty name and God's people say, Amen. 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 I believe Priscilla's gonna talk to us this morning. So guys, one more time, we're gonna ask you, will you put it together, please, for Priscilla you. I'll get myself
1: organized we go. You yeah, I'm with you, Michael. I'm with you, Michael. I love that song, All My Life You Have Been Faithful. Uh, we actually sang it, we were at our home church in Belfast last Sunday, and we sang it last Sunday. And uh, it was just after, I know she's not your queen, but it was just after the queen's funeral. And Actually, I mean, apparently she picked all the hymns, and some of them were just fantastic. So I decided that's the one I want to sing at my funeral, All My Life You Have Been Faithful. Now, I've probably told Paul that, but he will definitely forget. So if you hear of my demise, you're going to phone him up and say, remember what she said? She wanted you to sing that hymn at at her funeral. Um, The other thing, you know, um, that I was thinking... Michael's telling me though. to go back. You can see it. Um, I'll have to resist the temptation. Um, you know, we were looking at Friday night, and Michael said the little phrase. You know, we opened up the gates, and it really reminded me of many, many years ago. We hadn't started CFC very long, and we definitely felt a a bit under pressure from the enemy. We were feeling intimidated. We were trying to build church in Belfast during the height of the troubles. It wasn't easy. There was a, you know, with the sectarian divide and everything. And we definitely felt pressured and under intimidation from the enemy. And I was, um, I don't often have dreams, but I had this dream that I was sort of in this dark well an alcove really with great big iron gates on the front of it and um, I noticed the gates were open and everything and I felt like there was you know something threatening on the outside and everything in me was going to get up and close the gates to keep keep me safe and I felt like the Lord said in the dream no fling open the gates Fling open the gates. It's time to open the gates and not be intimidated by the enemy. And you know, I think we live in days when the enemy would seek to intimidate the church, seek seek to intimidate us to say, you know, we have nothing to say, we're not relevant to our culture, and you know, our our values aren't the same values as are out there in the world. Um, and, And even our economic situation at the minute, you know, there's a mindset that says, batten down the hatches, you know, keep what you have and close the gates so Michael when you said that I had such a sense that that's what the Lord was saying to you as grace at every level he was saying open up the gates that the Lord has written over you as a church this church is open for business and that because of that God is going to bring people through. He has been bringing people through those gates, but I think it's going to increase more and more. I've just been reading Paul's letter to the church in the, to the church of Thessalonia. And he said to them, your reputation has spread right throughout the whole region and and I just felt something resonated in my heart this morning that the Lord is saying grace is going to be known as a church whose gates are wide open, it's a church that's grace by name but grace by nature, that this is a place where there is a reservoir of grace where there is a reservoir of generosity. I felt like the Lord was saying he was going, you were going to have a reputation in this whole area as a church who is generous with the grace of God, generous with the things of God, and generous with material things as well. And I also felt, Michael, That for leadership, as you're planning things for the future, anything that requires money, it is not a time to batten down the hatches. It's not a time even, I mean, I hope there's no accountants here. The Lord says, don't be be looking to balance the books. I've got your books in my hand, and whatever you choose to do, if it requires financial You know, resources. The Lord says, "I will make the financial resources available to you because the gates are wide open." So those were just some of the things that I was thinking about as we worshipped. Actually, there was there was quite a few other things. There was um, we were singing, you know, about His. He's running after us. Surely goodness and mercy will will pursue us all the days of our lives, and that's what that song is about. And I couldn't, you know, I look around the room when we're worshiping, and there's a guy and you're sitting in the second row with a scarf on. And as we sang that about, you know, God pursuing us and running after us, I felt as soon as I saw you worshiping, I felt like the Lord is saying. You just tell him this morning that I'm running after him. I'm running after him, and I felt like the Lord was saying, "Son, I'm for you, and I'm not against you." And I, and then the other thing that He said was, "I've crowned you with loving kindness, and that I am for you." And I f- I feel like He's saying, just take a moment and pause because. Life is fast at the minute, and he says, just slow it down, and as he's pursuing you, you just turn around and look him full in the face. I just feel that he has so much that he wants to pour into you at the moment. He wants to assure you of his love, of his presence. Something of the word that you brought, Michael, I felt was was relevant for you as well and to just take hold of the fact that his hand is on you that he's for you and that he's not against you and that he has crowned you and he he it's just that father son relationship and and even as I'm looking over here we talked about worship and um, we talked about then um, high worship is 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 part of our spiritual warfare and this lady sitting on the front As you worshiped, I saw you with a sword in your hand. I saw you with a sword in your hand, and I felt like the Lord saying, her worship is like a sword. You've used it as a sword in your own life, Because you have been under pressure, and things have happened, but you have continued to worship the Lord. And as a result of that, you've seen the enemy pushed back in your own life. But the Lord says, now that sword is in your hand to see chains break off the lives of others. As you worship, it has power, it has effect, and the sword that God has put in your hand, you will see others set free. Keep worshipping and keep praising the Lord. to dance back um, and i just want to come down and do it down here It's hard being up here and um, paul spoke this morning in first service uh, about restoring your spiritual passion because there's times when our spiritual passion starts to dissipate and i want to continue that theme i'm calling it something slightly different i'm saying how do we find god in life's laybys? you know when you find yourself in a layby and you feel as if you're not going anywhere how do we find god again people tend to fall into different categories you know you're either the sort of person who drives a car till the lap to, until there's just fumes coming out of the, <laughs> the petrol tank and um, or else you're sensible yeah. And before the red light goes on, you go into a ga- I know it's expensive at the minute, but you go into a garage and and fill up. Paul, my husband, I mean, there was a, p- a period of time a few years okay. ago, he never filled up before he ran out. I mean, it was driving me round the bend. You'd be going somewhere and suddenly it'd be put, 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 put And then you'd stop. Um, and so that happens to us spiritually and emotionally as well. We can find ourselves running out of spiritual petrol and emotional petrol. And what happens when we find ourselves in life's laybys? Because I think even after, I mean, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about COVID, but I think it's true that post COVID, there have been. lot of Christians who find themselves in a place where they do feel a bit dispirited, they feel burnt out, um, and and they feel a little bit of, Lord I'm not sure, I, I just need to find my way again. And The truth is, even the strongest Christian can run out of steam. It happens to all of us at different times. In fact, I want to read you There's a little bit of Elijah's story. And he was one of the heroes of the faith. And this is what it tells us about Elijah. Um, It's chapter 19 and verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, and this is intimidation, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals, a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, He traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? And then he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. So if you have found yourself in that place of feeling burnt out, of feeling that you've nothing left to give, of of, of just feeling a sense of hopelessness. You know, here is one of the heroes of the faith who experienced all of that. And so essentially what we're saying is, these things, you're not on your own. These things happen to the very best of us. But we need to think through what is it that we can put in place to get ourselves refired with passion for the Lord, passion for the church, passion for his kingdom, and get back on track again? How can we get filled up again? You know, God created us body, soul, and spirit. I think you can see that in the passage, can't you? You can see how that God didn't just begin to speak to, you can read on in the story and how God speaks to Elijah and recommissions him, but you know, he didn't just um, address the spiritual issues or the emotional issues. He actually said, Elijah, you need to eat. And he baked him some bread and gave him water to drink. So we're body, soul, and spirit. And when we're walking in peace with the Holy Spirit, we can hear from God. And our bodies don't get stressed, and our souls are at peace. But when we run out of spiritual energy, our souls take over. And we make decisions on the wrong basis. We make the wrong decisions, and our bodies react. We actually feel it in our physical bodies, and our spirits begin to shrivel up. And so we find ourselves in life's laybys, and then we feel it a little bit stuck. And sometimes it is because we have been too busy and we get burnt out. Jesus had crowds and crowds following him all of the time, everywhere, making demands on him. But he did make time and he made it a priority to spend time with his father. And if Jesus needed to do that, you know, with everything that he was facing, then how much more do we need to make it a priority in our lives because the truth is if we live in the the fast lane all of the time and we don't leave any margins in our lives then we will get burnt out and we will find ourselves in this place of feeling like I just can't go on that's what Elijah was feeling, I can't do this anymore I can't keep going and ultimately you know In that situation then, even if you do try to keep going, what you're doing is you're building stuff in your own strength and that's just never going to be enough. So you can find yourself in a lay-by because you've been too busy and you just run out of steam. But you also can find yourself there because life has thrown a lot of difficulties at you and you've had some really, really hard things to face and you just get worn down. I mean, Jesus warned us. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. He actually said that. Bad things do happen to Christians. We are not exempt from the things that happen in life. And you know something? They hurt just as much. We're not immune to pain. It really affects us. And so life can throw lots of things at you illness, bereavement, unemployment, family troubles, just can throw, and sometimes it's not just one thing we go through a season when it feels like it's wave after wave after wave, and we find ourselves worn out just even try trying to keep going and there's seasons when it just feels you're stuck in that lay-by and I mean I've had seasons like that And I remember one of them, the Lord really started to talk to me about fallow fields, that it was actually all right to stop and take a breath because farmers knew that they had to sometimes let a field, you know, not sow in that field, let the field go fallow for a season before they would sow again so that they could get a healthy crop. And, you know, sometimes if you are the sort of person who wants to go, go, go all the time, and I think Paul and I are a wee bit like that, and even COVID for us was a time of stopping, and, you know, because everything closed down, and it was it was a good time to reassess because, you know, you started to, to realise that maybe some of your sense of worth and value really did come from what you do rather than who you, who you are. And, and so sometimes even in the layby's, God teaches us really important lessons. He says, you know, you, you maybe don't have the energy to do what you used to do, or you don't have the, the energy, because of all that you're going through, to engage in the way that you would normally engage. But listen, I still love you. You're my child and I am for you, just as he was saying to this gentleman over here, I am for you, I am with you Mm -hmm. and that your worth and value is not dependent on what you do for me, your worth and value is because you're mine, I created you. And I also, if you're in relationship with Jesus, I bought you, I redeemed you, you're mine. And that's what you're, that's where your worth lies. That's what your value lies in, not in what you can even do for the Lord. And and so sometimes in those laybys we do, as God told Elijah to go and stand and wait. And you know, God wasn't in the fire, God wasn't in the wind, and the still small voice came and just whispered. And sometimes it takes us to stop for the Lord to whisper to us his, our worth, our value, how much he loves us. And and how that, you know, he just wants to come and refill us and restore us. Sometimes we're in the lay-by because we are disappointed. Because things haven't worked out the way we hoped for. we prayed and prayed about something And it just hasn't worked out the way we thought. And and if we're truthful, we end up disappointed with God. We actually feel like, Lord, like I've prayed about this and I've done everything I know how to do and, and it didn't work out the way I expected. And disappointment... It's a real, and it just leads to discouragement and it is a really really hard thing to cope with and honestly I mean I would be surprised if we got a chance to tell our stories that as we shared our stories with each other there aren't many of us in the room who haven't faced some sort of disappointment and and sometimes it's that kind of if it, it's one thing after another the disappointment can really take us out and, and sometimes we're there because it's of broken relationships. It, it can be a marital thing, it can be a family thing, it can be a church thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, where this message is going out um, this morning and some folk are watching online. Not everybody, this won't be true of everybody, but for some of you, you're there because you're hurt. Because you have been hurt even in the church and you go, I still love Jesus and I still want to hear something, but I just can't can't be around people anymore. And you've you've battened down the hatches and said, I'm going to withdraw. And the Lord says to you, if that's you and you're watching this morning, the Lord says, open up your heart again. Open up your heart again. Come, be with God's people and experience my healing touch in your lives. Because sometimes when we've been hurt in relationships, we withdraw. And the Lord says, now's not the time to withdraw. Now's the time to engage. And so we can find ourselves there because, in fact, the, the psalmist talks about it, doesn't it? He, he says, he talks about being wounded by the one that he walked with to the house of the Lord. He actually mentions that. And uh, so we can find ourselves in life's lay because of hurt and broken relationships. But the important thing is, what do we do to get ourselves moving again? What can we do to allow God to come and meet with us and fill us again with passion for him and passion for his kingdom? And I think we have seen it. We've done it this morning, and we've heard it from our worship leaders, and and it's, it's so powerful that we remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God. Isn't that what our worship was all about this morning? That we declared the faithfulness of God. In Psalm 129 or 21, God is telling his people, remember, remember, remember my faithfulness and my love. And, and so even when you don't feel it, and, and that's what we were encouraged to do this morning, even when your emotions haven't caught up, that you can still stand. Which is why this worship is such a sword in our hands. We can still stand and declare his faithfulness and his goodness because it's true. It's true even when we don't feel it. So God says just remind yourselves of my faithfulness. Remind yourselves of my love and declare it declare it and we do that by individually worshipping him but how powerful it is when we do it together and then we understand and we remind ourselves that his love is not dictated by our circumstances because you're going through a hard time it does not mean that the Lord has withdrawn his love from you because you're walking a hard path God has not said you know I'm withdrawing from you Instead, he says, I am with you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and staff will comfort me. So don't allow your measurement of God's love for you to be measured against your circumstances. That is not a true measurement. Because, as I said before, we all face difficult things Jesus proved his love for you at the cross. I mean, he came. He came. The Father sent his only, his one and only son. And he died for me. And he died for you. And if you ever are looking to measure the extent of God's love for you, then go to the cross. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't measure it by those. Measure it by the cross of Christ. Because that's the measure of his love for you. That's why I love that song. Whatever my lot he has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I know in this room this morning there are people who are facing some really, really difficult things. But if you know Jesus, you can stand up whatever your circumstances and you can declare, it's well with my soul. That is a powerful, powerful truth that re-energizes us, re-energizes us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Suffering is difficult to understand. Books have been written about it. It's just hard come up with some answers to life's questions at the, at some times and and again i've been in that place times of grieving times when we lost one of our uh, our little grandson was stillborn and you're grieving and you're, you're you've so many questions but somebody said to me once priscilla even if the lord came and gave you the answers answers are cold Amen. but his arms are warm Amen. hallelujah and in the middle of the suffering, when you're not getting answers to the questions, what you will get is the warmth of his arms coming around you yes. and holding you and loving you until you can get up and start going again. And the Psalms are so encouraging. I just That's where I go to when I'm going through those times. I go to the Psalms because the Psalmist often cries out, where are you, God? Can you even see me? You know, have you totally forgotten me? But then constantly he says, but I will remember. I will remember. And goes back to the love and faithfulness. And so I would say to you, keep coming to him. Keep coming. Don't go quiet and walk away. Don't go quiet and walk away. God will never be intimidated by your questions. And and so sometimes when we're going through a hard time, that's what we do. We just go quiet. I would encourage you, be like Jacob. Wrestle with the Lord. Wrestle with him, it's okay. That's right. And you can pour out and you can tell him your question. You can tell him how you're feeling. Cut. Don't go quiet yeah. and walk away. Keep coming to him. Keep coming to him. I remember one time when we were going through a particular, it was a family situation, and I just couldn't pray about it. I couldn't pray about it because I felt like I kind of felt I knew what the Lord would say and I didn't like what I thought I knew the Lord would say so I said I'm not going to talk to you about this because you're only going to tell me something I don't want to hear (laughs) and and so I just stopped praying but I couldn't, if I wasn't praying about that I couldn't pray about anything and it did go on for a while and one morning I felt like the Lord said to me Priscilla I know we're not talking at the minute but what could you pray? And you know, I was brought up in a a brethren church, I don't know if you know that, but they were very much against you know, set prayers that wasn't a real prayer, even though it's in scripture, but it wasn't a real prayer so that was sort of drummed into me, but I found myself saying to the Lord that morning I could pray the Lord's prayer, and so for weeks, that was what I did, our Father Who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It was the only thing I could pray. But you know something? It kept me coming. And it kept me coming until God began to soften my heart again. And speak to my heart. And walk me through the circumstances that we were going through. And then take a rest. It's okay. That's what he said to Elijah. You know, you need to sleep, man. You've had the biggest spiritual battle of your life on Mount Horeb when you took on the prophets of Baal. And God was amazingly glorified. And you were the man that said it wasn't going to rain in Israel for many years. And suddenly at your word the rain was coming. And you basically ran a marathon, you know, as well. And so, you know, he had been in 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 a physical fight. He'd been in a spiritual fight. He'd been in an emotional fight. He'd been in the middle of a spiritual warfare that was like nothing we have ever seen and he was completely exhausted and he needed to take a rest and God knew that and so he slept and God fed him and watered him and that's so important you know I love the fact when God created the world he rested on the seventh day he rested when, and he looked and he said it's all good and he took a rest so if you think about it Adam and Eve's first day on earth was a day of rest. That's how it started, that they were resting. So when you find yourself in the laybys, let the Lord touch your heart and your spirit and your mind, but also look after your physical body as well. And then it is really important that you have other people around you. That's what this is all about. That's what the family of God is for, that there are people there. You know, when our daughter lost her, lost her little boy, somebody said to her, and I'll get emotional, but they said dear Lucy, I know that you've lost your hope at the minute, but I'll carry it for you until you can take it again. And that spoke to my heart so much. You know, sometimes you lose your joy. Sometimes you lose your hope. Sometimes you lose your passion. You need good friends around you they will say, I'll carry it for you, and I'll walk alongside you until you can take it again. And that's what the church is all about. Guys, we can't make it on our own. We just can't make it on our own. We need each other. We really do. And then I think in the lay just as... God comes and reveals, you know, the things that we know to be true, that that we are loved and it's not about what we do, and and he reminds us of, of those basic truths, but I think also he uncovers perhaps some of the issues in our lives that we need to deal with. He speaks to us about the unforgiveness, he speaks to us about the bitterness, he speaks to us, you know, about the disappointment. And those things don't go away you know you can bury them all you like but they don't go away mm. and so that's the time to let the holy spirit come and let the holy spirit bring healing into your heart and you might need other people for that as well you might need prayer ministry you might you might need to talk to someone you might need counseling it's okay it's healthy to be able to go and say to the lord lord i need help here I need help in dealing with these issues. And then God will put you with the right people so that you can get healed up again. And then finally, for whatever reason we're in that lay-by, and especially with regards to the disappointment and the discouragement, we do have to get to the same place as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got to. I don't know if you know the story. It's a story in the Old Testament about three men who were in Babylon, which was a foreign culture and a, a foreign land. They had been captured and taken there, three young men. And they were being asked to bow down to the, to, to the king who was seen as, as a god in, in that culture. And they said, but we can't do that because we only worship the true God and we're not going to do it. But the penalty was if they were thrown into a fiery furnace. But what they said was this. You know, we believe our God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bite him. Guys, if we're going to make it for the long haul, and I say this especially to the younger folk here with us this morning. If you're going to make it for the long haul, somewhere you have to get to that place. Lord, I'm praying about this. I'm expecting that you would do this, I'm hoping for this, but you know something, even if it doesn't happen, you are still my God, you're a good father, you are faithful, even when it doesn't happen, because even when it doesn't happen, he still is. And. Somehow that's the bottom line for us. If we are to maintain our passion, if we are to maintain our spiritual um, energy and commitment, we have to get to the same place as they got to. Even if he doesn't, I will still follow him. I will still believe in him. I mean, I have had so many times where I've struggled with the Lord. And I do remember one time, you know, I'd been... I'd been outside and I'd been having a loud conversation with him. I was hoping that you know none of the neighbours were listening, and um, and then and, and I went and you know something, Lord, it's just not fair that you're right and I'm wrong. And, uh, you know because I still was sort of half convinced that my point of view was the right one. But you know when you when you get to that place of of meeting with the Lord, He does come and He does reveal Himself to you and He shows you again. you're you're my precious child I'll never abandon you I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you I'm always going to be there for you and he comes and meets with us even when it doesn't work out the way we expect it to and so if that's you this morning as we finish I just would love to pray for you if you feel at the moment that you are stuck in a lay-by that you've run out of petrol And you just need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It would be my privilege to pray for you this morning. And listen, this isn't a magic wand, okay? This can be the start of something. That we invite the Spirit of God to come and renew your hope this morning and renew your joy. But then you need to be committed. That you're going to meet with Him. You're going to talk with Him. You're going to meet with other believers. You're going to meet with other friends that you're going to deal with some of the issues perhaps that this bird uncovers as you talk with him and spend time with him